Hi everyone, and welcome back to All Things Podcast. I'm Francesca. I'm doing this on my own because if you follow me on Twitter, um, I very lightly mentioned that I will be doing a queer movie marathon for the month of June because I am someone who only recently started watching a lot of movies, and none of those movies that I have watched in the past have really been queer. So I'm going to start, so I'm going to do that this month, and I already watched a few movies, and then I had the idea for this um, little podcast series, like little mini episodes, where I talk about the movie, so um, I'm going to start with the movie that I watched tonight, and then I will go back and rewatch the other movies and make notes like I did tonight, because I feel like me making notes like I did today was like super helpful. Um, it's less of a review and more of my live commentary while I was watching it because I was um, basically jotting it all down in my notes app. Um, I'm also recording using an actual recorder, so I'm really curious to see how the sound is going to be because um, this is not over Zoom and I have my headphones in and I could kind of hear a little bit of feedback. Um, and I also, not feedback, but like a little bit of like it kind of sounds like my air is on, but my air is not on, so I don't know what it's picking up, like what, what the whooshing noise is, but um, I also have headphones in so I could hear myself, and this microphone is so sensitive that the littlest movement I make um, will get picked up, and my roommate's also on the phone in the other room, and this microphone is very sensitive, and I, I fear that it's going to pick up our conversation, but I feel like I will be loud enough, and I will go over that. So, So for tonight's movie, I watched the... HBO film Gia that um, came out in 1998 starring Angelina Jolie and Elizabeth Mitchell um, along with like a ton of other people uh, that I will pull up right now I was not prepared my I like was looking up a ton of different photos of Gia right before I started recording this um oh here we go I was on the wrong tab um like Faye Dunaway's in it and um oh god see we're already off to a start we all know like I am not the most organized person and I tried to make this as organized as possible um Mercedes Rule. Rule. so I just had Siri say that for me thank you so much oh Kate Manning posted what did she post okay she just reposted Sarah Anyway, so let me get back to my notes. So I watched Gia tonight. I've never seen this movie. And um, some of my, like, main highlights about the movie was the film is extra blown out. It's such a late 90s style. It is more blown out than the L Word episodes. It is so blown out. I, I don't know if that was, like, when they remastered it for HD, if, like, it got affected in that way. It probably did. But it is just so blown out. Um, but if you watched this movie in 1998, please let me know if it was as whitewashed blown out as it was of me washing it tonight um the movie does not take place in the 90s obviously it takes place like in the 70s and um early 80s but you would not know that you wouldn't know that unless uh unless you heard a reference or something because none of it felt like it was from the 70s or 80s it literally just felt like it was the 90s but like when they walk into studio 54 I was like, oh, wait, we're in the 70s. Like, this did not take place in the 90s, but it is just so 90s. It, that was one of my call-outs. Um, and I really loved the fun jazz music that played in the background. That is also so 90s, in my opinion. Um, that, like, the dramatic jazz music just, like, really got me. 
So um, if you haven't watched the movie, this will probably be a ton of spoilers. Um, so I suggest go watching the movie before you listen to me talk about it. Um, but if you have watched the movie, I hope you find this entertaining because I actually really loved it. I gave it five stars on my letterbox. Um, and I wish it didn't take me so long to watch it. I, I didn't really know what it was about at first. Um, but I did Google it before I, I turned it on and it gave like a little summary of Gia and like what the movie would be about. And I was like, oh wait, this is actually about a real person. Let me, let me real quick, like look up, uh, who this person is because I am one was born in 1994 and two doesn't know anything about fashion really I mean I know some but like not a lot like I had no idea who this person is so um it opens up with it's just like a summary that Gia was born in 1960 in Philly and became a fashion legend in the industry in the early 80s um the movie starts off with like a bunch of different people played by actors portraying people who were involved in Gia's life and the industry I couldn't tell who was who, but I did think the one person was like an off-brand Anna Wintour, which I think that's what they were going for, even though like her credit is just like Vogue editor, because like she didn't have a British accent at all, but she like had the haircut and the glasses like Anna, so I think that's like what they were going for, but they couldn't actually do it. Um, also, when they're doing like a voiceover, like it's, I've realized it's Elizabeth Mitchell doing the voiceover as Linda, but um. For a hot second, I thought it was Laurel because I'm pretty sure this is the movie that Laurel like auditioned for and didn't get. Um, because where else would she have been kissing Angelina Jolie in an audition? So there's that. Um, but then like after all the voiceovers and like quick interviews that open the movie, we're then at a shot of um, Gia walking down a runway. I also want to preference that this is like my live reaction is watching it. So like some of my comments at the beginning might not make sense but like they make sense at the end of the movie I don't know in my head that's how it works anyway and then we cut to a baby Gia played by Mila Kunis which I thought was really cute and it just like then makes you realize like 1998 like these people were like existing because like to me like Mila Kunis just like popped out of nowhere one day um and then it cuts to Gia's parents fighting in the kitchen. Um, so we know right off, like, she didn't come really from, like, the most happiest home. And then her mom left. Um, then the next part is we cut to Gia, older, with crazy pink hair, working at a restaurant, which I realize is her father's restaurant. Realized that, like, halfway through the movie. Um, this guy shows up. I think he was, his name was, like, TJ. I thought it was DJ. And then when I looked at the cast list, it said TJ. Um, and they leave together and get into, like, some mischief, and then she gets noticed by, uh, some lady and a photographer. Um, then we're at the part where, oh, so then I realized, like, Angelina Jolie is going to be narrating some of Gia's, like, personal diaries as, like, voiceover, and I thought that was really cool. So we had some of that. Um, and then we have Gia going to New York to meet Wilhelmina Cooper, who became her agent. And then it jumps to Gia when she meets Linda, who's played by Elizabeth Mitchell, who is just so scrumptious and a little baby in this. Like, both women are absolutely gorgeous. Like, my God. Anyway, and I instantly felt the sexual tension between them. Like, great casting. Like, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. I was super into that. Um, 
So then, like, Gia does her little photo shoot with the photographer, and I did look online and, like, saw the photo, like, that this scene was based off of, and it's, like, very, like, spitting image. It was really well, like, recreated. Um, but then the photographer is like, who wants to take nudes? And, of course, Gia's like, me, but only if Linda stays. And then, like, Linda also gets undressed, and they take photos together. And I <laughs> made a comment that said, for Bet Porter fucking a wall has nothing on this because they're like fucking through a fence. Not really, but they are. Um, then we cut to a sex scene, um, which I thought was like a really well done sex scene for 1998 with two women. Both women are gorgeous, so what is there not to like about that? Um, and then it cuts to the next morning when Linda leaves and Gia is naked and finds her in the hallway where Linda said she has, has a boyfriend and is very square and Gia offers to make her breakfast, which, but Linda leaves anyway. And I think Gia offering to make her breakfast is just like the most lesbian thing ever. Um, was Gia actually a lesbian? I don't know, but she had this love affair and it seems like according to the movie, like obviously the movie's a dramatized version of her life. May it seem like they were soulmates, but then again, you know what? Evelyn Hugo. So, um, then oh then we're at studio 54 and we see Gia use coke for the first time so right away we're like she's a model she's gonna use coke then Gia, and that's also where I realized wait this movie's actually not in the 90s like I knew it wasn't but like it clicked that I was like oh wow we're really not supposed to be in the 90s even though it totally feels like we are then Gia shows up at Linda's apartment in a new red convertible and honestly how can anyone resist a girl in a red convertible like that was a hot car like if a girl showed up at my doorstep and was like get in my hot red convertible I would get in and not ask any questions and then uh Gia drives Linda and her to Philly to meet her strange mother because at this point like Gia is like a pretty popular model at this point uh she's already been on the cover of Vogue and that's when when they're at her mom's house you know they're like the scenes are really cute like whenever her mom's turn around like Gia and Linda are like like holding each other and like whatever it's like super cute and like very flirty and very like young love and it's like cute and you could just see the contrast then as like the movie goes on um but that was really nice and like that's like the point where Gia and her mom kind of reconnect because then um but then like we get back to New York and Gia is sending flowers to Linda while Linda like is with her boyfriend. I don't think he, I, I thought he lived there, but then I don't think he actually lived there. I'm not really 100% sure. Um, but maybe he did, but yeah, Gia's sending, like, a ton of yellow roses, and, um, the boyfriend's, like, who's the florist? Which then we cut to, like, another scene where Gia is waiting for Linda, and Linda walks up the steps of, like, to her apartment with the boyfriend, and, like, Gia has this whole, like, confession of, like, I love you, you haven't called me back, and then she, like, kisses her in front of the, kisses Linda in front of the boyfriend, and the boyfriend's like, who is that? And Linda's just like, behold, the florist. I thought that was a funny line. Now Gia's mom is, like, staying with her, like, a week or two, like, according to, like, the mom's, like, voiceover, like, they're staying, like, she's staying there, like, a week or two at a time, and then her mom like wants to leave and Gia doesn't take that really well and you can definitely feel like there's like a lot of abandonment issues there um then there's just like a montage of Gia being booked and busy more drugs a weird dream sequence ensues 
and then we jump jump to a newscast like that's like kind of all foreshadowing like because then we jump to this news forecast that's like telling us that Wilhelmina is sick and like in the hospital and all of a sudden Max Medina from Roma Girl shows up and he's trying to like poach um Gia but Gia's like staying loyal to Wilhelmina for the most part um and then we also see Gia at this point it's like it's like a 360 she's like dressed in a beige sweater she has white jeans on she looks much more polished compared to like where we saw her with like the pink hair and the converse and all that um then we cut to Wilhelmina's funeral um and this is like where Gia really starts to spiral and Wilhelmina was really the only person like to me what it seemed like in the movie that like looked out for her and like protected her and encouraged her and believed in her and like saw something in her so obviously that was like a big blow for Gia to lose her and um then we like notice like she's doing heroin and I wrote I think that's heroin I don't know anything about drugs but we realize that it is heroin and then she does like this photo shoot where she's like in a full Japanese like costume outfit and she like takes off on a motorcycle with some guy and she's completely spiraling she's looking for heroin and this mirrors what I read then about like in real life that she would like obviously show up to set like basically asleep or high as fuck and like all that stuff um but we see like the spiral happening and she's like looking for a fix because she's sick um she ends up in a heroin den and has some guy shoot her up with a needle and like god knows where that needle was and yeah so she shows up at linda's and she like looks pretty beat up so i'm not really sure what the guy did but the guy was like i'll take you home so i'm assuming when that was like code for like he took her home and beat her up or maybe like raped her i'm not 100 percent sure um but we do do learn that um linda doesn't have a boyfriend anymore and then they have a shower scene and linda is cleaning g up of all her little blood gia goes back to philly with linda and tries to do a program she looks pretty awful she calls linda and a boy and the boyfriend picks up so she steals like everything from her mother and possibly buys drugs i don't think she actually bought drugs but her mom like mentioned like she probably bought drugs and she takes off for New York City but gets stopped by the cops because she's driving so erratically and like her mom probably like told her like she stole shit. But then Linda was really on her way back to her and the boyfriend was just there picking stuff up apparently. And then all of a sudden Max Medina's back because like she's trying to do this program. She's trying to get back into work but she's caught doing drugs again by Linda because like the Max Medina guy from I think it was Ford's um, management he was trying to give her a chance. And, like, do this whole interview where she says, like, I'm clean. She's high as fuck on cocaine. Linda catches her doing it in the bathroom. And then Linda just leaves because she's like, fuck this shit. I'm not, like, dealing with an addict. But then Gia shows up at Linda's and breaks her window in. And Linda, like, really isn't having it. And, like, Gia isn't happy about it. But it's, like, a classic, like, trying to reason with an addict. And, like, that, situ I like, that situation is, like, really tough and difficult and is, like, really sad and emotional they do fight for a bit and like Gia breaks down turning it on Linda and then like Linda gives her an ultimatum it's like drugs or me and at first you think that Gia is going to pick Linda and then she like takes her like pipe back and like Linda's just like had it like it's actually really sad and then as like Gia gets up she's like walking and like the way that the scene is it's like she's walking to this like bright light and then we enter the runway that we saw at the beginning and that's a complete spiral um she's shooting up backstage and then all of a sudden max medina showing up again but he's half naked i don't really know what he says g is on the phone trying to win Lin linda back with poetry 
completely a mess. Um, but a photographer wanted her for a shoot after she basically made herself like unusable as a model. And she like freaks out about a knife. Like you can't take somebody's knife when they need it. Like, bitch, why do you need a knife? But like, obviously she's on drugs. So and then a bunch of stuff happened that ha is like a quick, like condensed version of like what actually happened in real life. And I literally looked down for two seconds and I missed a whole part of the movie. Not like a whole part. I, when I tell you, I looked down for a minute because I did stop to look like, and there's a bunch of stuff happened that it was just her like, you know, spiraling with drugs and stuff. And now she's at an inpatient rehab center where she's detoxing. I need a porter appearance. Um, she was on the newsroom, so that's why I know her, but good for her for being in this movie in 1998. Um, she's also done a ton of other things. She's like American Horror Story and stuff, but good, good on her. So then Gia calls Linda to apologize about everything, and Linda picks up, and they have a little conversation, and Gia's like, when I get out of rehab, I'm going to call you. But then Gia's at her mom's house, and she collapsed, and she goes to the hospital and finds out she has AIDS. And at this point, like, they didn't really know what AIDS was because it was so early on. And the guy's like, I don't even know girls can get AIDS, but it's probably because you did heroin. And she's like, oh, fuck, I did this to myself. And then, like, she doesn't know where to go to the hospital because, like, obviously we all pretty much know, like, what AIDS was like back. Not that we know, but, you know, but we know. Um, But, like, her stepdad didn't want her, like, in the house. And, like, she didn't want to have to tell her dad and stuff. So, like, she ends up in a hotel. But then she sees Linda again. And for some reason, I got optimistic. Joke's on me. She hasn't told Linda what's going on yet. And she does tell Linda that maybe she'll go back to school. And, like, maybe she wants kids. And Linda's like, how straight are you now? And she's like, you don't need a man to have kids. And Linda laughs. And it's, like, so sweet. But then Gia leaves. And I think even Linda knew, like, that's the last time I'm going to see her. But Linda says you were the one, the only one. So sweet. Because Gia was like, I always loved you. Just such. Oh, because Linda wants. Oh, no. Linda says she wants another chance and, like, wants to get a house at the beach. And then, like, Gia's like, You were the one. You were the only one for me. Not Linda. Gia said it. And it was just so sweet. But then she leaves. And Linda's like, Yeah, I've never seen this girl again. And then she tries to go and buy more drugs. Like, she has a bunch of money all of a sudden. And this part didn't really make my sense much sense but then the guy beats her up and I think steals the money but doesn't give her drugs and then she's back in the hospital and her mom comes to see her and she basically just slowly dies in the hospital which I think is like different in her I, I don't think she like died in the hospital in real life or whatnot but uh her mom does mention in a voiceover that they were lucky that they even got a like like an undertaker to like clean up the body and stuff because like back then with AIDS like they literally just threw the bodies, like, out or, like, burned them and stuff because, like, they didn't know how AIDS was, like, transferred. So that was kind of interesting to learn. Um, but, yeah, she just kind of, like, slowly dies in the hospital. And then, like, the movie ends with, like, Gia getting up from the hospital bed, like, in, like, full model makeup and clothing and, like, looking like an angel, like, literally drifting off into heaven with... And then the movie ends with, like, a quote from her, which I should have written down if I was a professional podcaster, if I was a professional woman here I would have like made note of what that quote was but maybe that'll just make you go watch the movie and the quote is from Gia's like personal diary so like I said I give this movie a five out of five on Letterboxd because I really liked it I think it was like well told I think like for being 1998 it was like a really interesting like movie from that time I think it was progressive maybe for that time um I like that they didn't, like, cut out the lesbian story, because I feel like back then it could have been really easy to be like, oh, we're just not going to tell the story that she's a lesbian. Like, 
a league of their own where they just left out the lesbians. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a good movie to watch for queer months, for Pride Month. Um, it's technically movie number three, but it's my first little mini episode. Um, and I look forward to doing this series more, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And it's basically me just rambling and like giving you the plot of the movie from my perspective but um it was fun and and I can't wait to do it again and I'm really happy that I'm doing the series because one I need to get my hundred movies in on Letterboxd but two I just want to be exposed to more queer films and I hope that this series or me just watching these movies and you guys following along on Twitter can help you guys go out and watch some movies and I asked for recommendations and I've already watched one that I feel like is really underrated so I will be excited to rewatch it and then come back here and give a little uh, commentary about it. So, yeah. And if you have a queer movie that you want me to watch and make one of these episodes about, tweet at me at Bet Porter or tweet at the show podcast handle that I forgot because it's changed so many times. Or um, write in on the podcast. Uh, there's like a little questionnaire at the bottom um it says like do you enjoy this podcast but like just type in a movie title and i'll know what you mean um so yeah um check in next time we do have new episodes coming out um if you watch the ultimatum i'm hoping since today's tuesday the 6th tomorrow's wednesday the 7th and that's when the ultimatum episodes are coming out with the final two so hoping to get an episode out about the ultimatum with a little guest host so tune in if you're watching this after that if you're listening to this after that you could just totally ignore all that information but yeah thanks for spending this time with me and uh we'll talk soon